0: Hey, all you listeners, welcome to The Wonder of It All Season 3. Your host, my dad, Ben Brewster. Come on, pops. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. It's Season 4 of The Wonder of It All podcast, and we've got some incredible changes that I think you're going to love as we launch Season 4. First of all, the biggest news of all is welcoming a new co host uh, to the podcast. Darren Shavers is here. Hey, Darren, how are you doing? Hey, Ben, doing good. How about you? Man, I'm doing awesome. It's a humuggity day here in (laughs) Northwest Louisiana. But it's August. It's supposed to feel like this. It's August in Louisiana, so the air is supposed to stick to you. That's the way it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. The air is so thick. Yeah. So uh, if, if you listen to this podcast much at all, you recognize Darren. He's been a guest on several episodes. We did a three-part series last season uh, growing Up in the Churches of Christ, which, go back and listen to it. I, I thought it was really good. I'm kind of biased, but I thought Darren did a great job. So check that out. But this season, we're, we're, we're going to do things a little differently. We're, we're going to be co-hosting. Uh, but as we start off this season, we're going to be talking uh, about sports. Uh, we're getting ready to kick off the college football season, which in the South is a big, big deal. Not just college football high school football, and to a limited extent, pro football, but mainly high school and college. And we're going to talk about not just sports, football in particular, but faith and, and how our faith interacts with things like football and, and other sports. But before we get into all that, uh, Darren, since uh, this is your first episode to co-host, uh, what would you like to say to our listeners? Is there something about you that, that people need to know?
1: Well, I guess I'll start with, um, I guess, since we're talking about football, uh, I have a long, long history of uh, loving football, playing football. I grew up, I'll say this, I grew up in Tennessee, uh, in middle Tennessee, and, and spent years there and then ended up in Louisiana by way of Florida. A little bit of a, a, a long route, but uh, ended up here in Louisiana. But growing up in Tennessee, I started out playing football. I, was, I think I was seven years old uh, the first year I played and I played um, for as long a, as I could through high school, um, and uh, I, I'm excited about doing this podcast. You know, first of all, having that history in, in football, but also just, you know, when you and I had the opportunity to do the podcast about growing up in the Churches of Christ, just being a part of this and, and being having the fun time of doing it with you, but being able to approach so many different possibilities, and all through the the lens of faith, and you know. My uh, my mom had me in the doors of the church building as soon as I could at six months. And, uh, you know, that was that was a priority in life, uh, even, you know, good times and bad ups and downs. And so, you know, that's been a lens that that all of my life has been affected through and lived through. And so it's exciting to be a part of this and, and whether it be football or whatever it is, to to look at so many different things through that lens of faith. So I'm, I'm excited to do that and be a part of it. Mm-hmm
0: and growing up in Tennessee, uh, you're an SEC fan. Yes. And and so but you don't root for Tennessee, you you're a Vanderbilt fan.
1: If you hear me rooting for Tennessee, call the cops, it's a hostage situation. That is correct. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I will I will not root for Tennessee in spite of having a long family history of doing so. I'm very much a Vanderbilt fan. Mm. Which is great for baseball season. Ah, beautiful for baseball season. And up until about five years ago, it
0: was great during basketball season. But
1: ah, football, a little tough. <laughs>
0: Although I saw, I think I saw, was it today, a, a an article that uh, Vanderbilt is uh, unveiling new offerings at the stadium, uh, food and drink offerings for this season. Did you see that? Yes. I, I didn't, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but they started some of that
1: um, last season as, as things opened up a little bit, they're offering uh, almost like a uh, food trucks and, and Chick-fil-A and they're really kind of trying to expand the, the fan experience because uh, they Vanderbilt is a limited, you know, I think it's like 38,000, 42,000, something like that seats. It's one of the oldest in the SEC. So, so they're, they're paying attention to um,
0: some of those things to, to try to increase that fan experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, speaking of fan experiences, I have never experienced anything like a Saturday night in Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, you, you were talking about bringing in food trucks and, and adding mm-hmm. to the experience. And, and that's something that um, it, for people who love college football, uh, they realize that, but, but if you don't, you, you don't realize anything everything that happens on game day i mean people get there early and the tailgating starts and and you got people getting together and you're making new friends and 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 re-engaging with old friends and the food is incredible and there's usually great music and and then all the pomp that goes along with it I, i know in baton rouge you you can watch the the band and the football team march into the stadium and Of course, the LSU band's amazing to listen to, but then when you finally get in the stadium, there's all these extra things happening. Yeah, we're there for the game, but so much more is happening. And and I think we miss that a lot on TV.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, I think college football, especially in the South, and it may be in other areas, but especially in the South, has learned a little bit from, you know, I think hockey was one of the first sports that really, um, they decided the only way they're going to get people, especially in the South, to get interested in hockey is if they made it a complete experience. And I think football started to take some notes from that over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so and really
0: yeah. focus on that whole experience. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I did not know that about hockey. That's a great <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, so uh, you talked a little bit about your background and you mentioned you started playing football when you were seven. Yes. And uh, from your earliest memories, your mother was taking you to church. So Absolutely. Um, throughout a lot of your life, you've had two constants. You've had football and you've had church. So um, what, what, how do you think faith and something like football, how do they intersect? How do they intersect in your life?
1: Well, I tell you, honestly, uh, very early in my life, there was a gentleman. His name was Joe Bates. Uh, and he not only was a coach that I had for years for me uh, and, and growing up you know junior pro pop Warner you know depending on where you, where you grew up, you know uh, that those younger years, um, but he also attended uh, the same church that I attended growing up, and so he would feel comfortable sharing with those of us that he knew um, either he went to church with or you know parents that that made sure that they the kids were in church, whatever. It, that circumstances, he would draw parallels for us of, you know, teamwork and being a part of something and, and, and putting in the work and, and things like that, you know, it, community, team, church, all of those things. And so that was very, I think the first time he was my coach, I was about nine. So that was extremely in, influential in, in him connecting those dots. You know, obviously, it's something at nine years old. That's not something I could necessarily do. But he, he connected those dots for us. And then uh, when I was in high school, I had a chance to go to the University of Alabama football camp, uh, which talking about family, uh, I have a large section of my family that are Tennessee fans and a large section of my family that lives in Alabama mm-hmm. and are Alabama and are Alabama fans. And so when my uncle, one uncle in particular, that was a big Alabama fan, found out that we were going to Alabama for camp, you know, he very much enjoyed you had to come to Alabama to learn how to play football he He very much enjoyed <laughs> that but <laughs> but mm. uh, uh, Bill Curry was the head coach at uh, at Alabama at that time. Uh, it shows a little bit of date and a little bit of age, but anyway, that was a few years ago um, mm-hmm. and he went the first very first thing he talked to us about whenever you know three or four hundred football players in the room. And, And uh, all the coaches and and he talked to us about three things that were the most important in his life. And it's what he talked to the college players about, his coaches about every single day. And he said, my mind, I have to keep things simple. So I'm going to make it simple for you. There's three F's and that is faith, family and football. And the thing that really stuck out to me was he said, and in that order, Mm. because if you pay attention to your faith, it will have a positive effect on your family. And if your faith and your family are working the way they're supposed to, you'll be able to enjoy football. Mm. And it was just like, okay, you know, sitting there probably 14 years old. That was very much an aha moment yeah. to hear someone, to someone that, that, I mean, that's his life. It's his entire profession is football. And he's mm. still making the point that it has to be in the right place and be the right priority In order for it to be fun and for for you to be successful and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Now, Curry, he was at Alabama at the 87 to 89, somewhere around there, late 80s, wasn't he? It was, yeah,
1: it was 87 to 91, 92, something like that. I think Gene Stallings succeeded him. Correct. And then Stallings won the national championship. I think the first or second year he was there was like 93 at Alabama. So,
0: yeah, yeah, they beat Miami. But, you know, speaking of Gene Stallings, there's there's another one who's very outspoken in his faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, when when uh, you experienced this, uh was that the first coach that you ever heard really talk about faith? Or? It it really was for me outside of that
1: one coach that that I uh well, actually Partially, as far as personal coaches that I had played uh, under, yes. But uh, when I also have a, an uncle uh, who was a principal, a teacher, a headmaster, he had a bunch of different titles at uh, a couple of different Christian high schools in Tennessee and spent the most time. And I still have several members of my family on, on that's my mom's side of the family that still work at Nashville Christian School uh, in, in middle Tennessee. And he was a head coach there for, uh, years. And I had the opportunity to travel with he and and my aunt to go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a bowl game. It was called the Bowl in 1983. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, you know, being 10, uh, I was basically 10 years old, uh, you know, He was so open about his faith uh, and about how uh, you you can draw strength from your faith talking to his players. And then uh, I think the game for some reason was on a Monday. And so one of the things that really stuck out to me, you know, being 10 years old and loving football. So, you know, I'm around these you know, 17, 18 year old guys that look enormous and just almost become instant idols, even though I'd never seen any of them before or since. But, you know, in that moment, they almost become like instant idols because they're so big and, and they're there playing this game and uh, doing the, the sport that, that playing the sport that I have already grown to love. And they had a um, team, a uh, team and parent worship service uh, that Sunday night before the game. And and it, 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 all, the entire service, of course, focused on worship and focused on God, but also brought football into it. And then these guys uh, that all played together had this special communion together. Uh, and, and then everyone else, it was kind of their own thing together. And then everyone else. And, and that was such, that was a huge marker uh, moment in my faith to see these guys who We're doing something that I hope to be doing, you know, seven, eight years down the road and and being open and honest and practicing their faith in in those moments. And that that really that weekend uh, and that first part of that next week had a real big impact, uh, not only in faith, but in passion for football and seeing how those two could could work hand in hand. Mm.
0: Yeah. And 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 for me, uh, I didn't play football as much as you did so I I gravitated more toward basketball and uh, I can think of the uh, folks that really had an impact on me Um, you know my dad was one of my first coaches and then um, I went to a basketball camp at Oklahoma Christian University by uh, directed by uh, coach Dan Hayes and I was so impressed in watching him and the servant leadership model that that he showed and I can remember also a A year before Pete Maravich died, I had the opportunity to to meet him. Um, I didn't really know who he was. He was calling a game for LSU, and uh, our high school coach had taken us to a tournament, and LSU happened to be in that tournament. And and, uh, after the game, we walked down to the court, and my high school coach just – it was like Christmas morning. He said, there (laughs) is the greatest score in college basketball history. And, of course, all of us, were looking around like, who, who, who? And he's <laughs> like, there's Pistol Pete Maravich. And so we, we had a chance to meet him. But uh, he, he, even in that brief encounter, talked about his faith in Jesus. And, and that left, left a very lasting impression.
1: That's awesome. And now you played, when you played, you played college basketball. Is that correct? I did. I did. And, and that was at a Christian school? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to see that with those two things kind of being hand in hand uh, for extended period of time, being able to play college ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's a mixed bag. Um, you see the good and you see the bad. Um, you know, not everybody who uh, who talks about faith really lives out their faith, and and sometimes you have those experiences, and and you know, you know, I think sometimes people latch onto those things to try to maybe discredit the Christian faith or or whatever. And, but I think you find that with, with any group of people who, uh, you know, it, whatever profession it is or whatever the hobby is or the sport, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a challenge to, uh, to really live out your faith. Absolutely. And I, you know, that's, I think that's a great
1: point that you bring up, you know, when you see, uh, so many people, uh, or when you see people talk about their faith and they're so open and honest about it, sometimes there seems to be, especially if you've got people that are in the the limelight, you know, professional athletes or since we're talking about football and basketball, there seems to be this tendency sometimes that as soon as they talk about their faith, uh, people are almost waiting for them to exhibit something other than their faith. Uh and, and so you know, it's 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 you respect the people that do it even though that is the climate but also hope that people can can find forgiveness. Knowing that just because somebody's in the limelight talking about their faith, and then they head 180 degrees the opposite direction, that's called messing it up, you know. And that's that's all of us. That's not just that one person. And all of a sudden, we can now discredit things. It's it's they're human and they made a mistake, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's human nature, Darren, but but. I have a tendency after work on this that um, when it's a player on a team that I like and they mess up, mm-hmm. I'm more willing to give them grace. But if it's a player on a rival team, um, I tend to be more judgmental. Do you ever wrestle with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if someone, that, if someone that
1: plays for the university of Tennessee gets arrested, I have zero tolerance for that. I really
0: struggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So as we get ready to kick off this college football season what, what are you most interested in what what, what storylines are, are you following
1: well from a just a, a personal fan perspective one of the storylines that has my absolute attention right now is is the fact that Vanderbilt has a new head coach uh, and has a head coach uh, that for if not the second time ever at least the second time in the last 40 or 50 years, who not only is now a coach at Vanderbilt, but played at Vanderbilt. Uh, oh, wow. he, he was a walk-on uh, fullback at Vanderbilt uh, in the early 2000s that ended up actually earning a scholarship uh, mm-hmm. and finishing up his time. And he just came, his name is Clark Lee, just came from Notre Dame, uh, was the defensive coordinator there for several years, uh, I think three years. So that's an extremely uh, interesting uh, storyline to follow for me personally as a fan. Uh, and then I think the, from a national perspective, you know, there were so many teams that had players opt out even on the higher levels, even your Alabamas, your Ohio States, your Oklahoma's, your Texas's, um, which that's an interesting thing on its own, just the talk about them being in the SEC. But anyway, we can talk about that uh, later. But it's going to be interesting to see how all of it comes together uh, this year with the people that have left early, people that opted out coming back, uh, and and seeing how all of these teams form and and look different. Because to me, I think one of the interesting storylines is with people – coming back that had opted out with people you know honestly being able to get a fifth and sixth year because Mm. of the COVID exemption playing i think there may be some teams that rise to the top potentially that we don't that
0: we don't typically see uh what about you any things that jump out at you 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 know the fact that we're going to have fans back in the stands uh you know, that's. I think that's going to make a huge difference. I, I think the the home field advantage was neutralized last year, and uh, so this year having fans back in the stands, I, I think just bringing that atmosphere back. And you know, there the old saying, um, "Don't know what you got until it's gone." I think last year uh, we were happy to have a season, but boy, was it! It was so different, and. Yeah.
1: Mm. it really it really is interesting how you're excited to be watching football but when you're looking at an empty stadium with what is obviously fake noise Mm -hmm. uh it it it, you really you still feel like you're missing something
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely so it's just it's just great to to have it back and and we'll see how this all pans out and course, there was so much big news before the you know already before the season has gotten started with the uh, expansion of the SEC and and then we're we're hearing about some sort of alliance between the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac twelve and how all that's going to help shape the college football landscape. There there's a lot going on. Yeah, there really is, and I think it's all it's going to be an interesting
1: thing to watch just from a total sports. Uh, the the entire sports spectrum, not just football, because I think all of these conferences starting to, you know, there's no doubt that when you get an Oklahoma and a Texas in what is already a large conference with a lot of big-time players in it, the SEC is going to be a power conference. And so if some of these other guys start to do the same thing, just like you're talking about, you know, where does that leave the NCAA as a whole? And really, honestly, how much power do they have? If you've got these, you know, two or three or even just two, you know, enormous power conferences that have basically the biggest players across the board, what, what, what does that do to the NCAA
0: and how does that look? Yeah, that's a great point. Good questions. And, and that's a very fluid situation that's evolving. We'll find out. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, we can't talk about uh, faith in football without mentioning, uh, one of the, the biggest, uh, outspoken, uh, especially in his playing days, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, from Florida, uh, absolutely really seemed to model and seems to have continued to model, um, a life of faith. And, and you when know, I hear about guys like that, and, and I think that's one of the important things is that, you know, I, I forgot who, uh, who was talking about this, um, or maybe it was Case Keenum uh, in, in the in the NFL, uh, made the comment that he is a Christian first. He's not a football player who's a Christian. He, he's a Christian who happens to play football. Absolutely. And, um, I, I like to find players like that around the country, and regardless of what team they're on, I usually find myself rooting for guys like that. Uh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Tim Tebow has been such a great example of that. Like you said, in his playing days, when it comes to football, uh, he obviously exhibited being a Christian that just happened to play football. But I think you can also see, even in his beyond football, whether it be broadcasting, uh, whether it be uh, you know, his, his attempt to uh, be a uh, professional baseball player. Uh, you know, when he made the minor league s- system for the Mets, uh, his walk-up song you know, that all the baseball players have to have now, you mm. uh, and, and oh, know this is just one of those moments where the brain just doesn't kick in like it used to 20 years ago i'm mm-hmm. blank on the song but it was a uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was a it's a very very powerful uh uh christian uh, radio you know that you hear a lot on the radio um and i remember hearing him in an interview making a joke about there's one point where it talks about, you know, I've got the army of the Lord on my side, and he laughed and said, "Not only do I, you know, want that message to play every time I go to the bat, but I'm hoping it might intimidate the pitcher a little bit too. That I've got the entire <laughs> army of the Lord on my side as, as I swing." <laughs> Sorry that I forgot. I just absolutely went blank on the song.
0: Oh yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I was it a, I, I thought it was maybe a country song, but
1: no, no, no. It's a, it's a Christian song. Okay, um. That okay. And, and we'll have it next episode. It, that see, there's your cliffhanger. We're already starting with cliffhangers in our our first episode of the season. I'm just absolutely blank, and I'm sorry for that. But we'll,
0: you know, what? we'll have it next time. So you said armies and uh-huh. Chris Chris Tom was it a Chris Tomlin song, God of Angel uh, Armies or something like that? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Ah, uh, okay. That's exactly very what cool. It is. Okay. Well, so much for the cliffhanger. I think I just shot well, that. Oops. That
1: that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would rather do it that way than say, "Yeah, we just forgot." Yeah. Um,
0: well, but you know, speaking of faith in football, um, of course I I love watching the the LSU Tigers, Go Tigers. And, and professionally, I I've always uh, been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and one of the things that Chuck Noll used to tell his players, uh, the legendary coach that coached them in four Super Bowls in the 70s, was that football is not your life's work. Uh, when you finish playing football, then you go do your life's work. And I've always liked that kind of philosophy of, you know, there's a lot of things that we can learn through playing sports. Um, and I, I think sports are incredibly valuable and beneficial. But our life's work is bigger than sports, especially for those of us uh, who have faith. And there's there's something much bigger than than football.
1: Absolutely, and and you know that's uh, being you talk about the valuable lessons you learn from 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 whatever the sport is football, baseball, basketball. You know that that value of being a part of a team, that value, the value that comes from. You know, lifting someone up when they're down because we're all in this together and we're going the same direction. And when you stretch that beyond that team and put put within it, put it within the concept of uh, following God and 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 the love of Jesus being that binding agent that pushes pushes us all in the same direction. You know, those are great life lessons that can only be strengthened by faith.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's a great. Great point. I I tell my son he he played uh, high school and college ball, and now he's coaching high school ball. That football gives you a platform, hmm. and what you want to do when you have that platform is not glorify football you you want to you want to glorify Christ. Uh, you want to be a witness for Jesus. Absolutely.
1: And you know that's a life lesson for all of us, no matter what we do. It, it's a I platform. Know. It's a platform where we work at it like we're working for the Lord and not for men.
0: And it's an opportunity to show Jesus to the world. That's a lesson for all of us, no matter what we do. Yeah. And I love, I love, I love that scripture you just brought in there. And, and I was thinking of a, of another scripture uh, that deals with competing from um, uh, first Corinthians chapter nine. And and this year in my daily Bible reading, I've been uh, using the message, uh, which is really, really fascinating. The, the modern terminology, but um, here's how the message has it, uh, starting in verse 24, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs one wins run to win all good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got no lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping telling everyone else all about it and then missing out myself.
1: That's awesome. That's good stuff. I love the way the message puts that.
0: Yeah. It just really kind of resonated with me when I read that. Absolutely. But Hey, this Absolutely. is just the, the hem of the garment of where we're going to be going in this season. And, and uh, you know, for those of you who are listening, uh, we're hoping to have some guests on here. We're hoping to share some really inspirational stories We want this to be a podcast that you listen to and it uplifts you. It's the spark in your day. It gives you a little bit of inspiration and encouragement. And so I hope that you'll join us on this ride through season four as we try to do these things. So uh, I I know I took away your cliffhanger, Darren, but um, anything you want (laughs) to add to kind of what you're looking forward to in this season? I I tell you,
1: I, I will say it simple and quick. The idea that you can find wonder in absolutely anything uh, and as i said earlier when you do that through the lens of faith and following god it's it's i'm excited like you said having something that we can look at and be uplifting in no matter what the topic is i'm, I'm excited about that and, and the many directions we will go
0: and for those of you who don't know darren you know that darren is a walking sports encyclopedia so this is going to be <laughs> a lot of fun this season
1: Absolutely. Well, I don't know. Hopefully I'll do better at sports than song titles.
0: (laughs) Well, that's okay. That, you know, that's why we have Google, right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, y'all, thanks for listening to uh, this first episode of season four. Uh, Each episode will drop Tuesdays uh, around six in the morning. If you get up that early, if not, you can You can log on later and download the episode and listen to it whenever is convenient for you. But we hope you'll join us on this journey. And so until next Tuesday, when when we come back, keep living in wonder and take care.